48K News. It's one o'clock. I'm Sean Kennedy. The headlines. The chief executive says the government plans to order restaurants and other businesses to display a QR code for its new contact tracing app. Mrs Lamb says Beijing will help fund initiatives in tomorrow's policy address to help Hong Kongers and revive the SAR's economy. And President Trump almost admits he lost the election as he finally gives the go-ahead for a transition to President-elect Joe Biden. The chief executive, Carrie Lam, says the government plans to make restaurants and other premises display the QR code for its contact tracing app and to only admit customers who use it. This enables businesses to notify customers subsequently of any confirmed COVID-19 cases. However, Mrs Lamb didn't give a timeline and said it wasn't mandatory because people could choose not to enter the premises. She said an announcement is coming on the closure of leisure venues in which people remove their masks. She called on the public to help fight the pandemic. By putting in our best efforts, by government taking the lead, and by individual citizens playing their part, this is still the time for avoiding close contact. This is still the time for not going into high-risk places. But if people just not comply, then I would find it very difficult to manage the situation. But we will try. We'll never give up because this is concerning the health and the safety and the well-being of people of Hong Kong. The chief executive also gave journalists a first look at the policy address which she'll deliver tomorrow. Carrie Lam said she again chose the colour blue for the cover because it symbolised hope. She said she was proposing 200 new measures to serve the people, many of which needn't use public money, as the government may face a deficit of $310 billion this year. Mrs Lamb said there would also be initiatives made possible with mainland support to revive Hong Kong's economy. executive of the Hong Kong SAR. But it is clear to everyone that if we want our economy to bounce back, there is no better place than the mainland of China for us to tap into because other parts of the world are still struggling with the pandemic and with high unemployment, with economic slowdown and so on. The government has added seven more dance clubs to its list of venues linked to a growing coronavirus outbreak, making it 21 in total. It's ordered people who visited any of those places to take a COVID-19 test. Jimmy Choi reports. In a notice this morning, the government says further contact tracing has found more venues linked to a growing cluster of coronavirus cases at dance halls throughout the SAR. It's ordered anyone who's been to those seven newly listed places to get a coronavirus test by Thursday or be fined. People who've been to 14 other dance studios that were previously flagged face a deadline of today to get tested. 50 of the 73 people confirmed with COVID-19 yesterday are linked to the cluster, which has grown to 132 patients. Yesterday, health authorities said there were 70 preliminary positives, which could be confirmed today. The Jockey Club says it's closing the two clubhouses at its Happy Valley racetrack after four people who visited it in the past two weeks tested positive for COVID-19. The club says its old and new clubhouses will be closed from today until at least Thursday. Book fair exhibitors are calling for more financial support from the government. A spokesman for a book fair concern group representing more than 40 publishers, authors and booksellers says exhibitors wanted the event to be postponed because of the worsening COVID-19 outbreak. But Leslie Ng said the lack of an actual book fair still left many in dire straits, noting that more than 10 publishers had folded since the original book fair was called off in July. You can see that after the cancellation of the exhibition in July, most of us go to online 
go to our online business there's a lot of us uh, we give the books to the online bookstore and in fact a lot of us try to create our own bookstore online or some other methods uh, even some of us also find more on the public place to have their own exhibition more exhibition but in fact it's not very useful for us of course because still the main revenue comes from the book on the book fair of course Federation of Trade Unions lawmaker Alice Mack says the government should explain that its scheme to give $5,000 to confirmed coronavirus patients is only for the needy. The government came under fire when it announced that all patients could get the one-off subsidies, with critics saying it would encourage some people to get infected. The government later clarified that only those in financial difficulty who don't get sick pay are eligible. Ms Mack says many people were unimpressed because the government didn't clarify the scheme quickly enough. She said the FTU earlier proposed such a scheme to encourage sick frontline workers to get tested. We have urged the government to consider to subsidise jobs and labour uh, so that they will not be discouraged to not to do the test because they, they are afraid that they will lose their income. So if we have the subsidy for them, then it may encourage them to do the test and when they have symptoms, they will go to the doctor. The city's top court has heard that the emergency regulations ordinance, the power of which the chief executive used to implement the anti-mask ban last year, is like a missile launcher that allows the executive to launch any regulations it wishes. The court of final appeal has, has begun a final a, a two-day hearing over the appeal against the face mask ban brought in during protests last year. More than 20 pan-democratic figures, including former legal sector lawmaker Dennis Kwok, brought the case to the top court. Senior counsel Gladys Lee compared the ordinance to a missile launcher with unrestricted power nuclear power i'm sorry she said the anti-mask ban was implemented within nine hours of its being gazetted arguing that it bypassed the legislative process the case is being heard before a five-judge panel including chief justice jeffrey ma Prosecutors have described a University of Hong Kong professor accused of killing his wife as a cold-blooded man who was well aware of what he was doing. 56-year-old Chung Ki-chung has pleaded not guilty to murder but admitted to manslaughter after Chan Wai Man was strangled in the bedroom on August 17, 2018. Chung's defence lawyer had previously argued that the former associate professor of mechanical engineering suffered from depression, had been subjected to verbal abuse from his wife and had lost control during the killing. But in their closing submission, the prosecutor said the defendant had behaved in a calm and rational manner before, during and after the killing, and there was no evidence to suggest that his state of mind was substantially impaired. The hearing continues. Foreign Minister Wang Yi is to visit Tokyo today, the first such high-level trip since Japan picked a new leader in September. He's set to meet Prime Minister Yoshihide Suga. Mr Suga has steered clear of harsh anti-China rhetoric, but at the same time he's moved to counter its influence by deepening ties with Australia and making his first overseas trip to Vietnam and Indonesia. Mr Wang will fly to South Korea after Japan for talks that will include North Korea. China has launched a mission to try to retrieve rock samples from the moon. Its robotic Chang'e 5 spacecraft blasted off on a Long March 5 rocket early this morning. Here's the BBC's Jonathan Amos. Three, two, one, ignition. Another launch and another moon mission for China. At first, it was just satellites, then landers and rovers, plus a remarkable first just last year when engineers directed a probe to the moon's far side. 
But Chengi 5 is altogether more complex. This multi-part robotic spacecraft has to land, scoop up samples, blast them into space to transfer them over to an Earth return vessel, and then see them land safely in Inner Mongolia. President Trump says he's given the go-ahead to begin a transition with President-elect Joe Biden's administration, despite plans to continue his legal challenges to the election result. He said he was recommending the federal agency in charge of the transition, the GSA, do what needs to be done. Here's the BBC's Nomia Iqbal. This is probably the closest it gets to Donald Trump conceding. It has been two weeks since Joe Biden was projected to be the winner of the US election. But the head of the General Services Administration, Emily Murphy, had refused to sign the document that would release millions of dollars in funding, office space and classified intelligence briefings to his team. While Mr Trump was still contesting the result... Tonight, in a series of tweets, Mr Trump praised Mrs Murphy, his appointee, for her loyalty. But he said he was now recommending that her team did what needed to be done with regard to initial protocols and that he told his officials to do the same. The GSA has also sent a letter acknowledging Mr Biden as the election winner. Joe Biden's team issued a statement saying it would move quickly to coordinate with federal agencies and officials. It said it will begin by discussing the response to the pandemic and national security issues. The Biden team will now have access to federal funds and office space for his transition team. It also paves the way for him and Vice President-elect Kamala Harris to receive regular national security briefings. The, national, uh, the state of Michigan has certified Joe Biden's victory. Mr Biden led in Michigan with over 150,000 more votes than Mr Trump. The head of the World Health Organization says a new coronavirus vaccine developed in, UK is, in the UK is more evidence that the light at the end of the tunnel is growing brighter. But Tedros Adhanom Ghebreyesus urged more countries to join a global vaccine sharing scheme. The urgency with which vaccines have been developed must be matched by the same urgency to distribute them fairly. Every government rightly wants to do everything it can to protect its people. But there is now a real risk that the poorest and most vulnerable people will be trampled in the stampede for vaccines. The latest jab developed by Oxford University and AstraZeneca is much cheaper to produce than two others recently announced, and it could have a bigger impact worldwide. The Australian airline Qantas says immunisation against the coronavirus will be mandatory in future for international travellers. The head of Qantas, Alan Joyce, says the move would be a necessity once vaccines become widely available. Australia shut down its international borders early in the pandemic and required those returning to quarantine. Regulators in the U.S. have ordered General Motors to recall nearly 6 million vehicles because of faulty airbag inflators. GM has been fighting for years to stop the move, which is expected to cost it more than a billion U.S. dollars. The airbag inflators have been linked to more than 200 injuries and at least 26 deaths. Currencies now, and the U.S. dollar is trading at 104.55 yen. The euro stand at 1 U.S. dollar and 18 cents. The pound is worth 10 Hong Kong dollars and 33 cents. A short time ago, the Hang Seng Index was at 26,516, 29 points up on the previous close. Turnover stands at $78 billion. And now with the sports, here's Adam Chung. There's a growing concern amongst athletes and the World Anti-Doping Agency that the pandemic could mean a rise in undetected doping ahead of next year's rescheduled Olympic Games in Tokyo. 
Global COVID-19 lockdowns are preventing the usual number of doping tests from taking place, making it easier to avoid detection. WADA said they've done 20% fewer tests than normal. Here's the WADA president, Vito Banca. Important issue ahead of athletes to, to, to fulfill this, this rules, to respect it. And, and I think that this is, this is very important uh, for them. And there is no room for, for cheats in if uh, someone is breaking the rules, uh, he or she need to take the consequences. Now to football in the English Premier League, where Southampton missed a chance to go third in the table. They were playing at Wolves. A win would have put the Saints just behind Tottenham and Liverpool in the standings, but this was the way it played out. Armstrong pokes the ball to his left, finds Gineppo, 25 yards out, floated ball, Shea Adams, trying to lay it back into the path of Armstrong. Another cross comes in, Walcott scores! Left hand marked at the far post, Theo Walcott has his first goal for Southampton since returning to the club. Here's Pedence on the left, plays the ball behind eight, Nuri, Moutinho runs onto it, finds Jimenez, Jimenez shoots, hit the post, rebound! Stuck away by Neto if he's onside. They're happy with it. Game back underway, 1-1. The BBC's Alistair Bruce Ball with the play-by-play. One all was the way it finished. Despite the point, Southampton remained fifth in the table. Wolves are up to ninth. Elsewhere, after eight games into the season, Burnley have recorded their first win. Here's a chance. Wood is in and he scores! Burnley's first home goal of the Premier League this season. Palace defenders looking at each other a little bit perplexed. But the goal for Chris Wood, the first that Burnley have scored here at home all season. They lead Palace by a goal to nil. New Zealand international Chris Wood scored the only goal of the game as Burnley beat Crystal Palace at Turf Moor to move out of the bottom three for the first time this season. Finally, in NFL football, the Los Angeles Rams stole the Monday nighter against the Buccaneers in Tampa Bay with victory by a score of 27-24. Jared Goff got the better of Tom Brady in the matchup of quarterbacks, though they were both intercepted twice. Goff threw for 376 yards and three touchdowns. The Rams improved to 7-3 to go top of the NFC West. The Bucks, now 7-4, remain second in the NFC South behind the New Orleans Saints. And as you look at sports. Thanks, Adam. To end the news, the top stories once again. The chief executive says the government plans to order restaurants and other businesses to display a QR code for its new contact tracing app. Mrs Lam says Beijing will help fund initiatives and tomorrow's policy address to help Hong Kongers and revive the economy. And President Trump almost admits he lost the election as he finally gives the go-ahead for a transition to President-elect Joe Biden. The news from RTHK. This is Nelly Furtado and Josh.
afternoon and welcome to the 123 show with me, Noreen Mir, on this Tuesday afternoon. Tuesday, the 24th of November is today's date. Big thanks to Phil for the morning brew. And we have a very busy program for you, all food and drinks related, since it's Tuesday. Just after half past one, we'll be catching up with John Rhodes, whiskey expert. And this time, we'll be turning our attention to Irish whiskey. Are you a fan of Irish whiskey? And how is it different from all the other whiskeys in the world? Stay tuned and do join us on the Facebook Live as well. Noreen Mir on RTHK Radio 3 is the page to go to. And after the 2 o'clock news, Andrew Dembina, our Tuesday reporter, will be giving us the latest updates to do with global food and drink news. And finally, after 2.30, uh, we turn to Sadie Kay as she is back with her skewed take on life in her monthly humour column, Sharp Pains. And this, week, uh, this month's one is Flex and the City. And as usual, we want to hear from you also. So feel free to drop us an email. The email address is 123show at rthk.hk. You can also find us on Facebook, which is Noreen Mir on RTHK Radio 3.